0: Hello, and welcome to Adam and Eve on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Autumn Mornchuk, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. This week on Adam and Eve, we are going to discuss the Studio Ghibli films, which have recently been added to Netflix. Studio Ghibli is a Japanese animation company that was founded in 1985, headed by renowned directors Hayao Miyazaki, Aiso Takahata, and producer Toshio Suzuki. The studio has produced a number of shorts and many widely beloved feature films, including Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, Ponyo, My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle, and many more. Many of their films feature strong female lead characters and center on the stories of young women who are learning about themselves and the world around them. And there's usually magic involved, which is also super fun. Adam and Eve contributors, Michelle Dang, Autumn Mornchuk and Wen Chan sat down to talk about these films, their underlying feminist themes and what characters they most relate to. Also, please note, we are talking about the endings of some of these movies, so spoiler alert. All right, let's take a listen.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Michelle Dang, um, and I use she, her pronouns.
0: Hey everybody, my name is Autumn Mornchuk and I use she, her pronouns.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Wen Chan and I use she, her, or they, them pronouns.
1: And today we'll just be um, talking about Studio Julie and feminist themes we have found throughout the films. Let's just start by going around the table and everyone just talk about their favorite films.
0: Yeah, well, I first was introduced to these films in grade eight for, I don't remember what class it was, but we had a teacher who had us watch Ponyo. And I remember just being like, this is like the craziest like movie that I've ever seen. And so then since then, I've been interested in them. And then they recently came on Netflix. So I've kind of binged watched a few of them. Um, and I think out of the ones that I watched, I really, really loved Kiki's Delivery Service. I thought it was like super cute and super awesome. So I think right now that one is kind of like my top one.
2: I've only actually, I think I've only seen three of them, but I was introduced when I was a really small kid. Um, we have like the, the VHS um, oh, cool. of, yeah, of the old school ones. So my nostalgic memories of uh, my neighbor Totoro will always make it my number one, I think. It's just such a good time, so much good anti-capitalism, <laughs> culture, um vibes in that, but I've also really loved the other two I've seen. I don't know if there's any bad ones, but uh, like Autumn, I really liked Kiki's Delivery Service. I watched that in the back of the theaters last year when it was streaming, and I was crying, relate so hard to Kiki, um, <laughs> and then... The other one I've seen is Spirited Away, which also has a ton of good themes that critique the world we live in today.
1: So I I just remember my mom bringing home like Hell's Moving Castle um, one day from the library uh, when I was younger too. And then something happened and now here I am. I've watched like all of them multiple times. So since they came out on Netflix, I just ended up Rewatching all of them uh, last month in August and um, yeah the nostalgia is hitting and just watching it now at this age a lot of things that I haven't seen before um, are just popping up and I think well my favorite changes like every other month but right now I would say it is Spirited Away.
0: Yeah I remember watching Spirited Away when I was younger and then I recently just re-watched it and I feel like it's the same thing but we're like there's all these new themes that I'm like oh this makes me, like, think about this, things that you're not really thinking about, like, when you're a kid and first watching cartoons. Yeah, tell us more about those themes, Autumn. Well, uh, I remember, like, the first time I watched it, like, her parents, like, turn into pigs when they, like, eat at that buffet, but don't, like, wait for anyone to, like, show up to feed them, and, like, looking back and and watching that now, how, like, um, Chihiro is, like, really saved by the fact that she's not greedy like she also doesn't want to take the gold from like the no face spirit and stuff and that's a really interesting idea like the fact that she's like humble and like not greedy is something that like helps her throughout the film and I think it's interesting that like the humans are the ones who are like so greedy that we want to like stuff our faces and get turned into pigs I think it's very like a commentary on kind of what we sort of almost like value in society and kind of how we are greedy a lot of times.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, No Face, the character, turning into, like, this monster once he goes, like, inside the bathhouse, gets introduced to, like, the concept of money and greed, and just turns into something that, like, consumes everything, and he's only saved once Chihiro brings him out of the bathhouse, away from all those influences. I thought that was really interesting, too.
2: Yeah, I feel like with, um, like, all Studio Ghibli characters, but especially with No Face, it really humanizes um, like villains in these movies, you can classify them as um, like really complex. They're neither good nor bad. You can see the nuance of I guess their humanity that is really brought forward in these films. Like just looking at North American films for children that distinguishment is always like really clear the good and bad guys but with these films it really blurs those lines and makes us think deeper about the values of our world that it's kind of um, talking about in the movies.
0: Yeah I also really thought that too when like with Spirited Away and with some of the other ones as well like I kind of love that there's nobody who's like fully bad And I kind of think that's important because I think so often in like North American kind of cartoons or fairy tales, it's very like cut and dry of like who's a hero and who's a bad guy and what makes you a hero or a bad guy. And I kind of love that in Spirited way. Even like the woman who I can't remember her name right now, the one with the really big head, who's like the... Yubaba. (laughs) Yeah, Yubaba. Yubaba even at the end like she still keeps her word about like once Chihiro beats that riddle she's like oh yeah you can go and you even see that she like has love for her big giant baby like she's not just like this heartless person which I sort of love that it shows that like even sort of the quote-unquote bad guys can be like complex too and have a lot of emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah like the one thing that draws me really close to Studio Ghibli is just uh, the, the characterization of um, so yeah, with like you said, with Yubaba and then I think also with um, Lady Eboshi from uh, Princess Mononoke, and how she runs like this entire huge like capitalist, imperialist, iron forgery thingy. But just um, how they show her doing this, but also like the kindness that she also possesses. I think that's really something that
0: you don't see with a lot of other like films. So do you guys consider like Spirited Away or any of the other movies, would you consider them like like a feminist film? Do you think there's some feminist kind of underlying ideas going on there? What are your thoughts about that?
2: Heck yeah, for me. <laughs> I Well, I haven't seen all the films, but I think most, majority of them um, center female-led characters and protagonists. And it might be a cultural thing where the films kind of... Um, promote values of family and and that kind of collective um, over the invi- individual. But I think a lot of times, a lot of how, how caretaking and how caring for others is wrapped up in Western film, um, it's really feminized. And here it's laid out to be just a human characteristic that is super valuable and super integral to storyline and how the characters find um whatever they're looking for whether that's belonging or friendship or finding your own place in the world.
1: Yeah I think um Miyazaki and Takahata they like talk about um you know feminism but also like classism and labor even just in Spirited Away. Yeah
2: like through all of them themes of environmentalism and anti-war. Beyond, yeah and even, like, moving beyond the human-centered view of the world into, like, the spirit realm and and what that means.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true. There's a lot of, like, other... Same with, like, even in Howl's Moving Castle, they're all, like, fighting this, like, really bad war. And, like, I feel like the whole time you don't really understand why the war is happening. I feel like that's kind of important in a way because I think that happens so often where there's so many like things going on in the world, or violence, or the things that maybe we can't even comprehend or like understand.
1: They're like films that talk about the world and like how to navigate through the world, you know? Um, And I think that just all of these characters are so fleshed out. It's a consistent thing where they put so much love and, and care into making all of these characters and then bringing them to life, which I find, yeah. I don't know, they just write really good female characters.
2: I'm looking at the last question of the little list you made on um, the relationships between female and male characters. Do y'all have any connections there?
1: I think it's not just romantic love that's portrayed um, between female and male characters. With most of them it's 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 like a deeper bond just stemming from like friendship and like just pure like love for each other and like a wish for each other to grow. Um, I'm like thinking about Chihiro and Haku and San and Ashtaka, which I find also very beautiful.
0: Yeah, I agree. I kind of love that. I think sometimes um, there's like a pressure, like when I remember like being younger as a young girl, if you have like a male friend, so many times people, you know, like parents or adults will tease you and be like, oh, is that your boyfriend? Like, oh, are you guys like gonna get married kind of thing? I think it's really important to show that like you know as like kids or even as a little bit older like, you can be friends with with a male or friends of someone with the opposite gender than you and that be just you know about friendship or about that kind of love you have for each other but it's not always romantic and I think it's important to show that you can have friendships with all different people and have love of all different kinds without it having to be like a romantic love.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I kind of love that Most of the movies center on like, you know, young girls or young women kind of finding themselves or going through almost like a transition period and and things like that. And I kind of like from the ones that I've seen for the most part, it's not really driven by like a love story. I think there are times where there is love involved, but a lot of times too, it's also kind of friendship, not necessarily love in sort of like a romantic sense, but also that sense of family love and, you know, things like that, which I think is really important because unfortunately, I think a lot of cartoons or media that's about, like, young girls in North America is kind of centered on, like, I mean, you think about Princess or Disney or things like that, right? Like, it's always centered on, you know, happiness is tied into finding, like, your one true love and romance and things like that. So the thing I love about these movies, it's more about, like, finding a family or finding yourself or, you know, being independent. And I think those are, like, important themes for, like, young women and girls as opposed to just focusing on, like, romantic relationships. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like, with I don't know, Disney films, it's like the prince has to save them, and like that love story is the central piece, like love stories, yeah, let's have them, but let's also have movies where you talk about things of our human experience that are not the focus of of that love, that heteronormative love even.
0: Like Howl's Castle was like a good example of that, where it's like she, she falls in love with Howl, but at the same time, like she really finds like a family and, like, the little boy and even, like, the dog and, like, all this stuff. And that's, like, in the end what's, like, really important. It's they build this whole family unit and, like, that's what matters as opposed to just, like, her relationship with Howl. And then
1: even in Howl's Moving Castle, it's Sophie that saves Howl in the end.
0: Yeah, I think that's super huge. Because even in Kiki's delivery service, too, Kiki is the one that saves, like, the boy who's hanging from the yeah. Mm -hmm a lot of times there's like the female characters are the ones that are able to either like solve their own problems or help other people, which is like super important. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm your host for Adam and Eve on CJSR 88.5 FM. And my name is Autumn Mornchuk. And you just heard the first part of our episode on the Studio Ghibli films. And we all hope that you, the listeners, are staying safe and healthy out there during this time. Now, here's more from our contributors, Autumn, Michelle, and Wen.
2: Were there any traits that you didn't find empowering or feminist? Like all the, I've only seen a very select few of these, but for me, um, I think East Asian film is caught up in, yeah, in kind of that heteronormative kind of family structure, that nuclear family. In a lot of the films that feature family, like My Neighbor Totoro. So I guess it'd be cool to see some queer Studio Ghibli But also, I recognize that the way they shape those family relationships show the complexity of that as well. You can see the care within that, but also how a lot of those are not um, perfect in ways. Like in My Neighbor Totoro, the family is just the dad and the two girls, and the mother is sick. Um, So, yeah, it just talks about that stuff in subtle ways.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I hadn't thought about that but I think that's I think an issue too I feel like in a lot of like um, kids movies or cartoons like I think it's definitely an issue where we don't see a lot of like queer families or queer representation in terms of you know like having same-sex parents and stuff like that so I hope that that does like at some point we have more representation of not just like the classic nuclear family but even like yeah like different structures. So I think there's a lot of people who grow up with differing family structures. And and I know, like, I grew up, uh, I have two moms. And I know that it was also, like, very strange for me as a kid growing up, because you never see, like, your family being portrayed as, like, kind of the classic fairy tale family or imaginary families. And that's definitely true. It'd be cool to see more, like, queer family representation. Speaking of queer, queer Ghibli, there's, like, these two films that kind
1: of go into it but then kind of cough out right at the end. Uh, so it's um, Ocean Waves and When Marty Was There and then just re-watching it. It just kind of makes me so angry because it's like it's there but then they just, they just reel back in. I mean Kiki's a witch so that's kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> Ursula, the painter from Kiki's, like I'm not saying she is but... She definitely is gay. <laughs> I vibes, yeah. Yeah. I love that for her. I, I would love to just be in the woods just painting with my like crow family.
0: Yeah, I wish. There's so many people, like, same with, like even being Kiki. I'm like, can I just fly around on a broom and like deliver bread to people or just yeah, use right? a great existence?
2: Right. Just have a mental breakdown and be able to ride through that. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, with Kiki, also with Shizuku from um, Whisper of the Heart like they're so determined and it's just amazing to see that yeah they're like my role models like I'm I'm like 22 right now and I'm like I wish that could be me I wish I had like that passion that drive to just go for what I want and then just overcome
0: whatever comes at me yeah I think those are actually really cool like I think there's so many the characters where they just like persevere like Kiki having to figure out like she's her own problem and also her solution like she kind of loses her magic but then like she herself is able to find it like again within herself and the same with like Sophie is able to break the curse on her Mm -hmm. own through like you know finding family and like finding love and stuff and I think there's so many of the characters too and like I really love Jihiro and Spirited Away as well because there's so many times where she's like really scared because there's like a lot of like crazy shit going on around her like all these magical like what the heck I'd be freaking out but she's able to like push past that fear and like help people and achieve things and I think that's a really beautiful message like kind of what's what's important and what we should be trying to do is like yeah being able to push through obstacles and being able to achieve things like even when we are scared and that's like super cool. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I thought was interesting in terms of not just the female characters but the male characters is like in um, Howl's Moving Castle, Howl has like a Total breakdown when his, like, hair gets dyed a different color. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, like, where he doesn't feel, like, beautiful anymore. And that's, like, really upsetting. And Sophie's also struggling with the same thing. But I thought it was really interesting that they had kind of um, caring about your appearance or or wanting to be beautiful as being both a problem for Howell and Sophie, kind of showing that it's not just a problem where women or girls feel unattractive or unbeautiful – but that it's also a problem that exists within like boys and young men which I think is important because I don't think a lot of like cartoon characters in North America that I've seen struggle with that same idea of like, oh, am I, am I good looking? I think it's an important thing to include that I think self-esteem and self-confidence issues are, are kind of go above and beyond like gender, like it's not a gendered problem.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you all were a character in a Studio Ghibli movie, who
0: would you be? I think I would probably be Kiki or another character that's kind of magical. Like I love the idea of being able to have like magic powers and stuff. So I think I really love the character of Kiki. And I also um, like in that movie that she's like a witch and that's like super cool. Like everyone's like, whoa, like a witch, how awesome. And I think so many times witches are portrayed as like, you know, being bad. So I think I love the idea of being like a super cool, powerful witch. And everyone's like, just like, yeah, like you do you. Yeah, I think so, too, that I, I watched
2: Kiki's Delivery Service last year, so I was 21 then, but I wish I watched it when I was younger because I would have felt so much more seen and represented as a young person going through um, struggles with their mental health and other things. Yeah, I really like that, too, how there's a ton of political things about like the witch hunts and stuff. Um, (laughs) I won't go into that, but yeah, they make something that can be kind of demonized by society into something super cool and something that's accepted and valued in that film.
1: I think for me, I relate the most to um, Shizuku from Whisper of the Heart. She like meets this person who is so focused and so set on one goal and that kind of makes her question like her entire life. So she she wants to become a writer, but she she's young, right? She hasn't mastered it yet, right? And then there's one scene at the very end where she finishes her book and she gives uh gives it to like this one person to read, and then like after they've read it, she kind of just bursts into tears, and I just like I love that scene so much, just because um like the relief you feel when someone validates what you want to do and what you're doing, like I, I don't know, it just it just Connected with me, but yeah, yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think it speaks to how like we crave that validation and and support so much, but we're not given it a lot of times.
0: Do mm-hmm. you want to talk about Totoro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, Autumn, have you seen my neighbor Totoro?
0: I've never seen my neighbor Totoro, but I know like the like the because I feel like the character Totoro has kind of gone like <laughs> and beyond. There's lots of people that are always like putting stuff out about Totoro.
2: I'm, yeah, I'm staring at my little Totoro plushie right now.
1: (laughs) It's in my hand. It's very cute. It's holding
2: its umbrella leaf.
1: Yes. Oh my God, that scene. Oh, the bus stop scene where just him holding his little umbrella and then the rain dropping onto it. And he's, oh my goodness, I love that so much. Like that's like another thing I love about all of these films is that like it focuses on the most mundane things and it just puts so much love into all of that I just love that so much
2: Mm, yeah I'm thinking as you mentioned that I'm thinking of a scene my friend mentioned it was when they were I think just having a picnic and they were like biting into that super crunchy carrot and it brings me like so much joy just thinking about that yeah just the little things the little sounds the little moments that are so peaceful and so Heartwarming in ways.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like in a lot of the movies, there's times where there's not a lot of talking, and there is a lot of like sort of, I don't know, like background sounds or, or sound effects, and it creates like sort of this ambiance where you really feel like pulled into that world because you're hearing things and like seeing things. That's not just the characters talking, but there's a lot of, like you guys said, like there's a lot of details that really make it. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm right there in it. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also speaking about that like Spirited Away how it
1: builds up and everything's just so like jumbled and messy in the bathhouse but then the climax is her taking a nice quiet train right to the middle of nowhere it just builds and builds and builds and then just suddenly like it's silent and also like talking about the trains and Spirited Away um free transit <laughs> <laughs> Free transit and labor and how it affects all of those workers who are like trapped inside the bathhouse, can't get out
0: because they don't have train tickets. Yeah, Spirited Away is like filled with that too. Like even the idea that like your Baba takes your name away and yeah, like gives oh you a new goodness. one to almost kind of strip you of like mm-hmm. your identity. You're nothing more than sort of this like base worker. I think that's like a very interesting kind of idea. Yeah, I think it's uh interesting how Spirited
1: Away kind of portrays the girl boss in quotation marks and how just slotting a woman into a position of power and privilege doesn't automatically uh, fix anything like all of our workers are still being exploited right and yeah i think it just goes to show that um, feminism is complex and it has to be uh, intersectional and like it's about changing systems right it's not just simply you know let's let a woman be the capitalist who oppresses people instead of a man or whatever I just have, like, a bunch
0: of little notes I've written for all these movies, but, like, they don't make any sense, so. Yeah, I have the same thing. I was, like, writing things when I was, like, re-watching some of them, and I was, like, these are just, like, thoughts that that were, like, cool at the time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that speaks to how, like, ageless these films are. You can watch them at, at any point in your life and take something different away.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love, like, I feel like these movies, every time I watch it, I'm picking up something new that I didn't see before. I'm noticing something different. And those are my favorite kind of movies like where you can watch it, you know, over 10 times and you feel like you're still getting something like new every time, I think that's super awesome. And I definitely think that they're movies that young girls and young women should watch. I think there's a lot of like empowering messages and even me at like 22 years old, there's things that I feel like I'm almost like learning or relating to with these characters.
2: Mm -hmm, Totally. I think I'm left kind of speechless because I'm thinking, I'm just thinking of how these films, films can make you wonder, they can make you dream, they can make you like envision the worlds you want and look at the world you're living in right now. Um, And I think these films just do like a fantastic job at that. I, yeah, I can't hype it up enough with words.
1: Yeah. I love, I love all the care and the love that goes into, you know, the animating, the sound design and all of this. Uh, The scores are absolutely phenomenal in all of these. Like they make me cry every single time I listen to any song. But yeah, every time I watch it, I take something different away from it. And it just depends on where I'm at with my life at that moment. And I think that's just so incredibly beautiful that you can have like, not just one movie, but like so many of them that just connect with you that deeply. So yeah, I love them all. And I think these should all be like (laughs) required watchings for every single person. (laughs) That's my hot take. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) You just heard a conversation between Autumn Mornchuk, Michelle Dang and Wen Chan about Studio Ghibli and their empowering female characters and amazing films. We all highly recommend that you check out the Studio Ghibli films on Netflix. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Adam and Eve, Edmonton's only feminist news program. We produce this week's show in the studios of CJSRFM 88.5 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, on Treaty 6 territory. Thank you very much to all of the Adam and Eve producers involved in the making of this episode and Michelle Dang for editing. Adamant Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adam and Eve or tweet us at Adam and Eve, all one word. We're always looking for more volunteers to help out. So if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've been your host, Autumn Mornchuk. And I hope you have an adamant evening